the Lord and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis speaks. chapter 16, we're only going to read two verses, Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, and while you're turning, I want to thank God for my frat brother, KJ, coming today, one of my other brothers, Devin and his wife and son. Definitely thank God for my wife. Looking good on that front row. All right, if you have it, say amen. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And the word of the Lord reads, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, first I just say thank you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand in the presence of your people. God, I don't take it lightly, oh God, that you've chosen me for such a time as this. God, I decrease right now so that you may increase. Somebody is here that needs to hear a word of encouragement from you, oh God. God, I ask that you move me out of the way so you can say what it is that you need to say to your people. God, I bind every demonic spirit that may try to hinder what you would have for your people, oh God. I ask you to move amongst us right now, oh God. Sit on us, oh God. Help us to incline our ears unto you. And God, if you do these things, we'll be so ever careful to give your name all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor in Jesus' name. Let God's people say amen. amen. My topic on today is simply a praise in the pit. My subtopic is it's almost midnight. A praise in the pit and it's almost midnight. This particular message was inspired by um, my friends one Sunday the praise like today was going forth and God was moving and it was just about to come to a close and the spirit moved on Brandon and he jumped off the organ and started dancing in the pit and we were all on the front row and Rikshita yelled out you better praise him in the pit and I followed up and said you better praise him in the pit and then Kendra looked and she said praise him in the pit now that'll preach and it didn't re- and then immediately she started bucking. Y'all know how Kendra do. She went in and it didn't register to me until after I thought about it. Praise him in the pit. Now, we were referring to the musician pit, but it registered to Kendra on a spiritual level that sometimes in your life you have to praise God in a pit. Now, 
what is a pit? By definition, it's a hole, a shaft, or cavity in the ground. It's a place or situation of futility, of misery, or degradation. Anybody ever found themselves in a place like that? And if you be honest, some of you are in a season like that right now. You're in a season that's dark. You're in a season that's uncomfortable. You're in a season that honestly, you don't even know if God is hearing you right now to even bring you out. But I came with an assignment on today to let you know that even on today, God is going to bring you out of that pit. Now, with this particular story, I can relate to this from a level of principle because there was a particular season in my life, honestly, not long ago, where I felt like Paul and Silas. God had released me to do something, and I had the permission from God to do something, but when I acted on the word of God, I felt like I was being attacked. I felt like I was put in bondage. I felt like I was in a dark place. Sometimes all I could do was honestly just sit and cry and talk to God when I didn't have anything else to say. But the two things that kept me throughout this entire season was prayer and praise. Now, I know a lot of times in this day, we, we talk about the praise breaks and everybody wants to dance and everybody wants to, to jump around. But for some people, it was praise that brought them out. For some people, it was praise that kept their sanity. For some people, it was praise that brought about a change in their situation. The Bible, in many cases, it support praises. And I would dare to say that we should condition ourselves to be praises. Most of us, most of, in the, in, when you look at sports, there's always a conditioning uh, season before they actually start whatever it is that they're doing. They have to go through different types of conditioning. They have to condition their body. And most of you know, uh, my part-time, I'm a drum major coach for a &T. And before we actually start the season, I have my guys come a whole month early and we condition ourselves for the season that's about to take place. The same is so with your praise. In your life, whatever season you're going through, you need to condition yourself for what it is that you're about to go through because you never know what you're going to encounter in the season. And so you need to make sure that you have the right praise for the right season because if you're in the season and you don't open up your mouth and give God the praise, you'll be confused and sit there not even knowing that you have the, the ability and the power to speak life and to speak a change to your situation. That's why the Bible tells us that the power of life and death lies in the tongue. So you have to condition yourself that regardless of what I'm going through, you have to condition yourself that despite whatever season I'm in, I'm going to give God praise. Now, this doesn't mean that we should only focus on praise. Because if you look at the scripture, the scripture said Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. But the first thing that they did was pray. Now, I just gave you an example of what most of us as believers, we do. We're quick to put praise above everything else. We're quick to put praise first, but sometimes praise needs to be a follow-up rather than a first response. Because a lot of times we focus so much on praise that we have a bunch of praises, but no prayer warriors. You can dance, but you can't talk to God. You can run around and jump, but you can't lay on your face. You got the right dip, but you can't intercede for anybody. But a dance without the anointing is just bodily exercise. And we have a lot of saints that are just getting in shape. We have to realize that we have to have prayer as a first response. 
Because what good is a public praise with a secret lifestyle? Because a lot of us, we're quick to put praise on everything. We're quick to dance. When you were just doing something last night that you, were, you weren't supposed to be doing. So we have to be mindful that God is not just calling us to pray. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. But there's plenty of scriptures that talk about prayer. And so what we've done is we created a, gen a generation of prayerless praises that can entertain but can't bring deliverance. We've created a generation that can run around and put on a show but can't bring deliverance and change to your own situation. And I would go on to say that we have a generation that says they know God, but he doesn't know them. And you can say, well, preacher, how, how can you say that? The Bible says in Psalms 22 and 3, but thou art holy, O thou inhabits the praises of Israel. Now, the word inhabits means to dwell. That means to live in. So my question is, if God is dwelling in the praises of his people, how can God inhabit a thing and it not change? How can God live in a thing and it not change? How can his presence come forth and there be no manifestation? My grandmother used to tell me all the time, I, used, I, I was very good at, at mimicking people. I could do everybody's dance. And she said, boy, that ain't nothing but flesh. She did. That, that ain't nothing but flesh. And we have a lot of fleshly praisers in the church today. And there's a difference between you dancing under the anointing and you dancing to be seen. Because anytime you have to be on camera to give God a praise, that ain't nothing but flesh. Anytime you have to hear the right chord before you lift up your hands and you lift up your, your mouth unto God, that ain't nothing but flesh. Because real praise is not predicated upon the musicians. Because when I'm at home in my closet, I don't have a keyboard. I don't have an organ. But I can lift my hands and I can open up my mouth. There's a scripture that says, I will bless the Lord at all times, not just when I'm in service. So we have to condition ourselves that despite wherever I am, whatever I'm going through, I will be a praiser. The other thing to that is we have to understand that prayer gives you access, but praise is your compliment and praise and payment. Because if you think about it, we can never truly give God everything that he deserves. So our praise is an indication of our appreciation for him. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you have to pray and praise. Now, this is a very familiar story in the Bible for most of us. Um, growing up, I've, I heard a lot about, I heard many sermons, honestly, about Paul and Silas praying and praising God and being freed from prison. But there's so much more to the meaning of this that I want to deal with on today, if you give me about 10 minutes. Because in most cases, when I heard this story preached, it was always after they were thrown into prison. It was always afterwards. And if I be honest, before studying for this particular sermon, I never knew honestly what they had done to be thrown into jail. And that's like some of you. Some of you are in a situation that people don't realize or understand why you're there, but they just know that you got in, not even knowing the full details. That's why you need to be careful about what you say and how you put your mouth on people. Because everybody wasn't in sin to get in the situation that they were in. Everybody wasn't doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing. 
Sometimes God allows you to be in a particular situation just so that he can get the glory. Sometimes God allows you to go through to benefit somebody else. Because a lot of times we're quick to say that we have a testimony, but how can you really testify to somebody in a situation that you've never been in? So we need to be mindful of what we say and how we say it about people. Because in this particular text, Paul and Silas, they weren't doing anything wrong. But because of the environment that they were in and the people around them, they were put in an uncomfortable situation. Now, looking at, the, looking at this text, you have to understand the what and the why. I asked myself, well, I asked God, rather, what were they doing that made them go there? And why were they thrown into prison? And so to understand that, you have to excuse me, I'm a teacher. I like for people to follow along with me. Go to Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And we're going to read 6 through 10. I'm going to give you the what and the why. Acts 16 to 6 says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Messiah, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. And after, and they passing by Messiah came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man in Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Now let's look at the why. Verse 16, it says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. And brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many strikes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feast fast in the stocks. So I want you to look at this. I was going to go this way. The Holy Spirit wouldn't allow me. Then I received a vision with a man telling me to come and help us. And so immediately because I received the vision, I know that it's from God. So I go this way. But then when I get over here, I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm doing what he told me to do. And after casting out a spirit, not only am I stripped of my clothes, but I'm beaten. Not only am I beaten, but now I'm thrown into the innermost part of the prison. 
Just putting me in a regular cell wasn't enough. I had to be put in the innermost part of the prison. And I thought about that. How do you respond when you get beaten for doing what God called you to do? How do you respond when you get ridiculed and punished for doing what the Spirit of God released you to do? Time out. And I found my answer in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors, not some, not most, all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to deal with, and I'm going to get on out your way. The first thing is Paul and Silas's response. Because unlike us, or unlike them, most of us, when we go through or we feel like we're expect or we're receiving something that we don't deserve, the first thing we do is get mad. Anybody want to be honest? Or it's just me? Okay. The first thing we do is we get mad, we get upset, and we start complaining and we start talking to everybody but the one that can really solve the situation. But instead of complaining about where they were and why they were, they prayed and sang praises. Now I asked God, why was the first thing that they did was pray? And the Lord revealed to me that prayer is a privilege God gave us to invite him to intervene in our situation. When you pray, you let God know, God, I need you to move in this situation. And God wants him to be the first response because we mess up when we go to everybody else about our situation when really nobody can do anything unless God allows them. So why would I go to somebody that can't do what God won't allow them to do when I can truly just go to the source and get the, the, the relief that I need? God is tired of being on the back burner. He's tired of us coming to him after going to everybody else. He's tired of us thinking about everybody else and how they feel and what they have to say when his voice is the only one that really matters. And a lot of us messed up because instead of talking to God first, we go to everybody else. Point number two, Paul and Silas prayed, but it also said they praised. Now, did you know that it takes more faith to praise than to pray? Some of y'all looking lost. Let me help you. Many people will pray, but not everyone will praise. Because when I pray, all I'm doing is talking to God and telling him about my situation. But for me to praise God, that implies victory has to come. Because, if the, again, if he inhabits the praises of his people, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it takes more faith for me to pray than to, than to praise. But I know that if I praise God, he'll show up where I am. If I praise God, he'll move on my behalf. If I praise God, he'll do whatever it is that I need him to do. Point number three. The Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. This is really important because sometimes we can be really passive with our praise. 
the praise team or, or the, the person up front will be like, come on and give God praise. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. I'm tired. Come on and give God a praise. And it's like pulling teeth. But sometimes your praise has to be loud enough to get the attention of those around you. Because it wasn't until they, sang, they prayed and sang praises, the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. But if the prisoners heard them praising God, they also could have heard them complaining. So what are you saying? You need to be mindful of what you're saying in your difficult situation. You need to be mindful of what comes out of your mouth in that difficult season. Because the same way that people can hear you giving God the glory, they can also hear you complaining. And we messed up a lot of lives because instead of us giving God the glory, we've been complaining. And for a sinner, what reason would they have to trust in God if those that are supposed to be in God have nothing to say about their situation? If you don't have the faith to believe God and give him glory despite what you're going through, what reason do they have to trust in him? And so we have to be mindful of what we say in our season. My fourth and final point. Why did all this happen at midnight? I asked God, this could have happened. They could have immediately, as soon as they were thrown into prison, they could have did this. They could have started praying. They could have immediately started traveling and crying out to God. But it didn't happen until midnight. And the Lord revealed to me that God seems late Sometimes because there are other things involved that we don't know about. Because in this particular story, it happened at midnight because this was the particular time that this particular guard was on duty. Again, think about back when I asked you to read verse uh, the, the what. There was a man that came to him in a vision that said, come and help us. And I believe in my spirit, God was allowing this man to come to Paul in a vision, this particular time, this particular way. So if Paul had started praising, praying and praising before this man got here, he wouldn't have received what he needed to receive. That's why it's important for you to be patient in your trials and your tribulation. Because sometimes God allows us to go through just so that we can benefit somebody else. But if we become impatient in what we're going through, and he delivers us before the person that really needs it gets there, they'll be lost. Because ultimately, this walk is not about us. We are called to be a blessing to other people. And we have to stop being selfish about our situations. And we have to know that if God is allowing me to be in this situation, he's going to bring me out at the appointed time. Now, the Bible says he was asleep, but was woken up by the earthquake. He would have killed himself had Paul not stopped him. The other thing I asked myself was, the Bible says all their bands were loose. So why didn't they leave once they were loose? And the reason was, had they left, they wouldn't have been able to baptize and minister to the prison guard at his house. Because again, he said, come and help us. Not just me. But come and help us. And looking at verse 30 and 34. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. 
And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he said, meet before them and rejoice, believing in God with all his house. Why is that important? Because sometimes you're put in bondage only to free someone else at a later time. You see, God didn't just send the earthquake to get Paul and Silas out of jail. He sent the earthquake to get the jailer into heaven. But if Paul and Silas didn't do what it was that they were supposed to do, the jailer would have missed out. And so my question to you is, can you release a sound that will free somebody else? Can you not be selfish for somebody else? Is there anybody that's connected to you that you can intercede for to free them? So that's my question to you today. What kind of sound can you release? Shit. What kind of praise can you give God? If someone's life was predicated upon your praise, what would that look like? If I told you that your next miracle was predicated upon the sound that you released, what would your sound sound like? And some of y'all are still looking, but I'm done. That's your, that's your question. Whatever it is that you're expecting God to do, what kind of sound are you prepared to release? Whatever miracle you're expecting him to do, how bad do you want it? And I don't know who this is for, but for somebody, God is not going to move until you move. God is not going to intercede until you open up your mouth and give him the glory. And some of you haven't opened up your mouth yet. But as long as you hold on to your praise, God is going to hold on to that blessing. As long as you hold on to that praise, God is not going to open up his hand. But the moment that you trust in him, lift up your hands and open up your mouth. The very thing that you need for God to do, God is going to do it. The very thing that you need for him to do, he's going to release it. But he's waiting on your sound. And you can't be passive with your sound. You can't be passive with your praise. Your praise should match what you expect God to do for you. Your praise should match what you expect for him to do in your situation. So what kind of sound are you going to release? I told you, I'm done. My Bible is closed. What kind of sound are you going to release? What kind of sound are you going to release? Yama. God is waiting on you. A lot of times we say that we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you to get out of that mood of being comfortable and open up your mouth and give him the glory that's due to him. Because it doesn't matter what you're going through. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think according to the power that worketh in you so what kind of praise are you going to give him 
what kind of praise are you going to release? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And so I dare anybody that needs something from him to open up your mouth and begin to give him the glory. It might be uncomfortable, but give him the glory. It might cause you to be uncomfortable, but open up your mouth and give him the praise. Can you release that sound? Can you release that sound? Can you release that sound? Some of y'all done got tired already. But how bad do you want it? Are you willing to praise him in spite how you feel? Are you willing to give him the glory despite what it looks like? Because there's nothing too hard for God to do. All he wants us to do is pray and praise. And so that's your equation. Pray and praise. Your next situation that comes up. Pray and praise. The bills are due. Pray and praise. You got an ailment in your body. Pray and praise. Your car just broke down. Pray and praise. You need God to move on your behalf. Pray and praise. You need something. You need for God to do something. Pray and praise. You need God to save your children. Pray and praise. So here's my assignment. Anybody that's in a difficult situation, anybody that is in a pit right now, I need you to come to the altar. And we're going to pray, and then we're going to praise. We're going to talk to God about what it is that he needs, that you need him to do. And then we're going to give him the glory because praise implies victory. So anybody that needs for God to do something, now is your time to get it. And I know there's more than one person in here that needs for God to shit. And while we're praying, God is going to intercede. And the moment you feel that shift, I need for you to go to praising God like you done lost your mind. And for those of you that are in your seat, we're going to be on one accord today. You may not have wanted to come, but God can move right where you are. So at this moment, everybody begin to praise. Everybody begin to pray. Everybody begin to pray. You may not know what to say, but when you don't know what else to say, you can call on Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and tongue confess. So everybody begin to pray. Everybody begin to pray. for joining us. You are welcome to Fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis 
and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. prayer, 10 a.m. Christian education and Bible study, 11 a.m. morning worship and children's church, 4.30 p.m. evening worship, Monday, 6.30 p.m. prayer, Wednesdays, 12 p.m. noonday prayer, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. prayer and Bible study, Friday, 7 p.m. prayer, worship, and word. Again, come and join us and be blessed. Until next time.